Here we go. John Curley, Sherry Elliker Show. Starring Sherry Elliker and, oh, Raquel Welsh. Too soon? Did something happen to her? Well, she's co-hosting the show with you, so what's that mean? (laughs) (laughs) I thought maybe there was breaking Raquel Welsh news that I didn't know about when you said too soon. Jacob, do you want to break break the news to her? Break it to me? Um, I don't know anything about. I don't know who Andrew, that is. Andrew, the name's familiar, but I doesn't. I don't know any. No, anything. Th- no, th- no one listens to CBS News at the top of the hour. Anyone? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Oh, there's bad dead news. Eighty two. Yeah. Okay. Quick little story, not news necessarily, but when uh, we were trying to form a band, my. Seventh and eighth grade friends were sitting in my room, and I had a bunch of posters. I think I've talked about those before. And one of them was with Raquel Welsh. And um, we decided to name the band Rock and Her Incredible uh, Raquel and Her Incredible Rocks. Wow. What were the other suggestions? <laughs> that one. <laughs> music, please. Music, Andrew, get me out of this with music. Make it sound like a radio show. There we go. How, how how long did you laugh oh, at that? Music. Did you did you guys like lay back on the floor and laugh really really hard like you couldn't you know believe what? somebody we came were... up with that? So funny, <laughs> so funny, so funny. The boys are so funny. We went with five golden fingers, even though there were only four of us. We thought, well, later on, there's always room for another band member. All right, let's get to it. Uh, in Seattle, uh, the uh, cops are leaving. No kidding, they've been leaving. I think they're. I don't know what the number is. They won't find the number. They won't give us the actual number. But this is crazy idea that if you have less cops, you have more crime. Woo! I was watching uh, Mosqueda from the city council talking back in 2020 and all the rest. And Shama Sawan talking about how we need to cut the police department by 50% or cut the funding, which means you cut the police. We'll have less police. Therefore, it'll be safer uh, for the underserved communities and turns out none of that's true you look at the statistic from the fbi from 2021 to 2022 cities that even talked about defunding police even just sort of floated the idea uh, all of them had increases in crime and homicide so you know, we're no different new york and seattle new york and seattle led the way with the defunding nonsense and uh well now we get a chance to experience what it's like to have less police on the street and what do you know More it's crime. outside of our workplace it's inside of our workplace we can't escape it can't escape violent crime in eight months her art gallery has been hit five times the storefront shot out captured on camera as thieves stole sculptures i worry about the safety of the business more than actually running a successful business She's lost 100000 in merchandise and spent fifty k on security. The last hit just in time for the holidays. The same time SPD crime stats reveal a downward trend in crime for the very last quarter of 2022. So can we trust the data? I don't know. But a week before Christmas, a car rammed into our front door. She asked because she knows every incident can mean higher insurance costs or worse, getting dropped. I know business owners that don't report. So do Seattle City Council members. The 4% increase in property crime is not an accurate reflection of what's really going on out there. The council's public safety committee went through those crime stats one by one today with the chief to determine what it'll take to curb crime. They want action too. It's a good trend 
but I, I'm very cautious in that. I'm cautiously optimistic in that trend um, that I think that there's some good work, but I also want, I've been trying to make sure that I express my concern of really making sure that people are reporting crime. It's just three months that the chief pointed to in a positive manner, but this is a year-end report and crime is actually up. And eight homicides already in 2023 and five of them linked to homelessness. There needs to be accountability. Linked to homelessness, what's that mean? You mean the people that are committing the murders are homeless? So what well, that is? they're either victims or they're perpetrators. So okay. I could be either one. I, I mean, it's so tired of talking about this. People are listening. They're so tired of hearing this, right? Talking round and round. Oh, the numbers are down 4% or up 3%. Danny Westneed seems to wake up to the idea. Look at this. I was listening Tuesday at City Council. And the police chief talked, or rather talked around, um, figures talking about cop shortage in the city. And then there's some guy who owns a bike shop over in Wallingford. And the thing's been broken into over and over and over and over again. And when he finally come, the cops finally showed up. They said, you know, you should probably move to Bellevue. The guy says, I can't have $30,000 worth of bikes sitting behind thin layers of glass in this neighborhood. Wallingford. Wallingford, Sherry. So there's no protection. There's nobody to call. Yeah, you're running this guy out of business. We did a story about a year ago about that guy who owned a bike shop in Portland. He used to go to mm-hmm. bed every night or used to sleep in his bike shop. Remember this? Sleep yeah, with in a his gun. bike shop with a shotgun. A shotgun. <laughs> I don't know what finally happened to that guy, but I didn't think we even interviewed him. I think Jacob got him on the air. Well, this is, I mean, no kidding. You tell police they're all racist. You tell them they're horrible people because George Floyd got killed in Minneapolis. And then suddenly that's somehow supposed to represent every single other police officer and every single other action by police officers. So then we just take and we extrapolate out the one we magnify it and we pour this crap on all these officers. They're like, I don't need this job. So they quit. So they're leaving. Who wants to work for the city of Seattle? Less police, less police responding to crime, more crime. You don't put people in jail because, oh, you. You don't want to put him in jail because you want to put in some diverse, some, you know, uh, what is it? They, I forget the terms that they use when they don't actually put them in jail. They put them into some of these other 12 programs that they have where they pass around an eagle feather or something like that. And you wonder why? Really? People wonder why crime's up? The other thing that's happening, John, and this is pointed out in the article, is that the theory behind defunding the police by 50 percent was in part to fund other resources that would take the place of police. So there would be mental health workers, there would be social workers, there would be people that could come to crimes or help out with uh, situations that would then free up the police to do other police type things. Well, Uh that infrastructure has never really gotten off and running. So uh, what's happened is these police officers have had the reductions are huge. 2020, they had 515 police officers leave. They hired 190. That's a loss of, of 325. In 2022, 160 left, yeah. and then they hired 70. So they didn't they didn't really have, you know, first responder teams available to help out when this happened or to to make up for the the 50% defunding part. So morale mm-hmm. is very, very low. And the cops right. went to 3,200 overdose calls just last year. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's up from 1,400 the year before. So they're, they're actually doing more work than they ever have had to do. 
and there's yeah. fewer of them because these yeah. other programs have never gotten started. Well, here's the, the the sort of the line of logic, if you can call it logic, that they were talking about in 2020 when they wanted to reimagine. We take the 50 percent of the money and spend on these other programs instead of these other programs, then people will not get in trouble with the police. If we give them housing, we give them this, we give them that, this, this, this. We fund all these various groups. And if we give them that money, then they won't uh, commit crime. Then they'll be less likely to run afoul of the law because we're providing them all these other services. Hmm. Okay, would seem to make sense. Sort of an up this upstream, solve the upstream problem. You won't have the downstream problem. The it's a such a small percentage of the population that is involved in crimes. You know the age. You know they're male, primarily minority. And I believe the upstream problem, if you look at it, since seventy five percent of people that are in prison in the U.S. prison system did not graduate from high school. So you're basically creating criminals. Not one of these precious kids comes into the world wanting to be a criminal. You don't talk to a four or five-year-old who wants to be a criminal. They'll say, I want to be a superhero, or I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer or a football player. I want to be whatever they want to be. They want to be something. They don't want to be a criminal. But when you have a broken education system and you are graduating, you have only 40% of minorities graduating with a high school degree, you're creating, because they have nothing else, they have no other option, you're creating an opportunity for them to find nothing else to other go to than crime. If you can't read, you can't even fill out an application to go get a job. So it's an upstream problem, not getting more money for the housing and all this stuff. If you break or in somehow up free these kids from horrible schools and you try to get the kids to realize that education can be something that can free you from a life of poverty or crime, then you're really doing something. There are nonprofit organizations. I'm a, sort of a, on the auxiliary of the, whatever the board would be because I don't go to enough of the meetings. Uh, of an organization that goes into the inner city of New York City and and gets these young girls and says, listen, we'll take you out of that failing school. We'll send you to uh, um, to our school and 96 percent graduate, 90, 98 graduate, 98 percent graduate, 96 percent go on to college. And these are failing high schools. So there's an upstream problem solution. This is a nonprofit supported by people, and you're saving these kids from a life of poverty and possible crime. So that's it. Just look at the numbers. If they're if they didn't graduate from high school, their parents didn't graduate from high school. They're in a lousy school. They're stuck in a lousy school. They're going to commit crime. They're going to go to uh, into prison. Does that seem a little more logical than getting rid of police? Of course, and I I think there was an effort to fund some of those programs as well. I think part of what they wanted to do was fund more after-school programs, more community centers, boys and girls clubs, all of that. Those things need to be put into place before you you, you don't tear down your I, house until you I build another one. So whatever they were planning on doing to try to offset some of the things that lead people into a life of crime, they needed to put those in place before they they did what they did. And, and that, that's that's why they're, they're struggling so much with retention of police. Police are mm-hmm. overworked. The overtime is extraordinary. And they're burnt out. They're they're going on. They can't they 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 can't go to all the calls and crime goes up because nobody's policing and nobody's showing up. And if you call the police, maybe they'll show up. Maybe they won't. And if they do, it might be an hour after you call them. 
Yeah. I had uh, something stolen out of the back of my car over in, in front of uh, Cairo Radio, the side of Cairo Radio. I called. It took an hour and a half. Guy did show up. It's just like, Meh. all right, when I fell out of report, Meh. all right, blah, blah, blah. you know, this. I just did it because I just was already out there when he showed up. <clears throat> and one time I thought my car got stolen. I ran in to call the cops, and Rachel Bell was sitting there. She goes, um, your car's parked actually two streets over. I was like, oh, oh, that's right. I got in here earlier. I forgot where I parked it. False alarm, officer. No stolen car over here at Cover Radio. <laughs> Stand down. Do you remember that day? Remember that? Do you ever see me run around the building? I don't know if I was here for that. I feel like I would have remembered oh. it. Oh, I was like chicken my head cut off. Actually, I was like chicken with my car stolen. S- similar. <laughs> yeah. Similar. Similar Chickens situation. Chickens get upset about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, the other part, I was reading Tacoma because I see the Tacoma, they had a, there's, their chief of police was talking about the crime has reduced there as well. I read right after George Floyd, I saw that the city of Tacoma sent out this letter saying, you know, we're going to address the 400 years of systemic racism that's throughout every single institution in our city and in our country. It's like... <laughs> Huh. Okay. So if you're a cop, you're immediately assumed to be part of this systemic racism that's more than 400 years old. Again, who wants to work for an organization where you walk in guilty even before you've done anything based upon the color of your skin? Because I believe that would be the true definition of racism, wouldn't it? To accept, to expect a particular behavior based upon what the person looks like. That's, that's how I would always describe it. And I'm assuming because that person looks that particular way, they're going to do a particular thing because that's the stereotype or that's the bias that's built in. Whether it's a white police officer or whether it's a black guy or an Asian woman or an Asian man, if you believe that that person's going to behave a particular way and it's going to be a negative way and you're just making that assumption, that covers all races and all biases. But... Um, Sad for the city of Seattle. It really is. I don't know how you turn it around. I don't know how you're ever going to get a police officer to work for you. What are they offering? $30,000 signing bonuses? They still can't get, guys. And, by the way, they're going to get another drop. I don't know how many more are going to bump out of there because they're just burning up their sick days and burning up their vacation days. So they'll have another decrease uh, fairly soon. And the guys that come into the academy, you know, seven get in, only one gets out or two gets out and gets chosen. And whether they stay or not, it's a whole other thing. So just continue to see less police, more crime. Mm. It's a shame. It really is. It is. It's here's most tragic for this. Again, you take some little kid and you just they assimilate to to the to the environment and to the culture and they get stuck and they can't get out and it's a loss of of humanity it is a loss of of potential and it is truly tragic but god forbid we give somebody a chance to be able to pick a school have a charter school uh, be able to support alternative schooling god forbid we have that especially in the state of washington let's make sure we squash that as best we possibly can all right. Um, good. We didn't have to do that story. Jacob, you left that basketball marriage story in there. <laughs> I know. Uh-huh. I should have. I, just didn't, I didn't want to. I don't know. No, I, I know. I know what you didn't want to do. You didn't want to work harder. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. It's what it He's is. a good man. He doesn't work hard. <laughs> there we go. Oh, let's story about the Gen Zers. Yeah, there they are, not wanting to drive around. 
just read a whole piece on why they don't want to drive. They don't like to drive. They don't have their driver's license. It's just not important to them. I just Every time I come across another thing about that, I just dislike your whole generation more and more, Jacob. I am uh, technically a millennial, um, but okay, I'm not well, too far away. I'm, okay. Well, Andrew, I like you as a person, but I don't like the fact that Gen Zers don't want to drive. Uh, that that doesn't not, represent call, me at all. I love driving. I know. You're a, you got your old beat-up truck. I was going to say you're my old Xterra. Um, let's see. So the Gen Zers say that they, uh, they'll they take Uber uh, or 911. Sherry? I think that means if there's an emergency. They're saying that they have oh, options, like, but they, okay. they are not, they are not getting a driver's license at the rate that younger people used to. I, I could not wait to get my driver's license. I, it was one of the happiest days of my life. Now, I failed the test three times, but when uh-huh. I finally, so when I finally got it, I was really happy. Uh, but they're saying that only 25% of about, of 16 year olds, uh, had their driver's license in 2020. Forty-five percent of seventeen-year-olds had their driver's licenses in twenty twenty as well. The reason that a lot of these uh, kids don't want to get a driver's license, don't want to drive a car, anxiety, finances, the anxiety? environment. Yes, anxiety because they're saying they when they tried to learn how to drive, it was very very stressful. They got upset about it. Some of them have known people that have passed away. I know, I know. Um, and they also say car insurance has gone up about 14% in the last year. So it's expensive and cars, used cars and new cars have really uh, gone through the roof. So because of all of these, these things can combine, they're saying, I don't want it. I'd rather take public transportation because I'm worried about the environment. I can call 911 <laughs> if I'm really sick and I'll just call an Uber and my mom will pay for it. So those are their options. But at least, you know, if they do drive, they won't be talking on the phone because they're afraid to do that, too. Okay. Well, that's good. They will be listening to talk radio, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the cycle that you get into, also if you have a job, what I noticed was I had a car. I had a job to pay for my car. I had my car to drive me to work. It was a vicious cycle of going to work to pay for the car, when pieces of it are falling off, breaking off, and I'm trying to fix it myself, then I go back to work and pick up another shift so that I can pay for the car to drive me to work. <laughs> it was this weird sort of uh, gift of the Magi in reverse or something that I, if you had a job, you worked outside of the house and after school and stuff, then you drove it, you drove your car there, your busted up old car, and your boss was like, hey, park that piece of crap in the back. So you'd, you didn't want anybody to see your car. But I guess as more kids are not working, less involved in that, then perhaps they don't need the transportation. And if they're living at home, maybe they drive their mom's car. But it's even in these statistics, they're not even getting a driver's license. Mm-mm. No, they don't. They don't particularly think they're going to need one. They think it's something that they can put off. Uh, uh, if they, I guess if they if they are also living in cities and, and places where there's public transportation, they don't need it. My first car was a city bus. I can remember taking three because I didn't have a car and I lived at college and I had an internship and I had to take three different buses to get to the internship till I finally got a car when I was a senior. 
And, mm-hmm. um, but that was, you know, that was the only reason I took public transportation was because I didn't have a choice. And I okay, really question for you, Sherry, question yeah. for you as a driver, uh, Andrew, uh, question music for Sherry. <clears throat> I know it's probably been a while since you took the test. You said you failed three times. So let's I test did. your knowledge. Okay. Wait, you were failing the written portion? No, hey, no, no. Jacob, no, just... I'm in the middle okay, of sorry. no, Jacob. <laughs> How many feet can you park from a stop sign? Well, you park in front of you mean stop instead of if park in front of a stop you're sign. You're gonna park. You're gonna park. Oh, you have to give uh, uh, twenty feet. Final answer. Yes. Do you want to phone a friend or ask Jacob? Uh, Jacob, do you have another answer? I think it's more than Jacob. That. I feel like it's thirty. But also, maybe it's different in in her state, John. Maybe there's two different numbers we could be talking about. What? Final answer. Final okay. answer. <laughs> Was that a helpful phone call for you, Sherry? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jacob. The answer is, Jacob. What are you saying? Oh, I th- I said I said thirty. Sherry said twenty. Okay, guys, did you ever watch the stupid show? That's not the way it works. If she phones a friend, you both can't have separate answers. She has to sound say to you in a very panicked voice. What do you think it is? Well, what is oh, it? What is okay, it? And then okay. Okay. Uh, okay, Jake, Jacob, I need help. I really need help. How many feet is it? Beef? How, how, what's the question again? <laughs> Forget it. Forget what it. What is it? You what know what? It's, the answer is 30 feet. 30 feet. Oh, <laughs> thank right. you, Jacob. You were right. Thank, thank you. God. Okay. Good Lord. Okay. All right. Fine. Done. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate that. How far from a hydrant? Um, <laughs> distances? Yes. From a hydrant parking. what? Parking from a hydrant. Um, how far from a hydrant can you park? I'm going to say 15 feet. Final answer? Yes. That is correct. It's 15 feet. There you go. Oh, Get your job. <laughs> there you are. All right. Job. All right. Back All right. on the board. Yeah. The uh, when t- did you take the test with the state trooper in the car? Did you do that uh-huh. at your place? Yep. Yeah. That's always the amazing thing because the guy comes out. You're waiting in line. He comes out. He has kind of a combination. He smells like Old Spice, Pen Gay deodorant, and like that weird wool smell of his uniform. He's all. He's got the hat on, and he's all crisp sitting in the car next to you. And, ah, the old car of mine was just a dump but i just felt so f- sorry for him and you you pull up to the stop sign the fake little setup they've got and then you signal and you you're sweating to death and then you're making a left and then you're pulling in these how's you pull parallel park it's a parallel park is that what you failed on i failed on the, <laughs> i failed on the three-point turn which is ridiculous i know and after the third time well on the third one my dad pulled the guy aside and said listen this is our third go around on this I don't know if there's anything that we can do to make sure she gets through. <laughs> a little something, something. But you, know uh, you let me know like what to we make need a, to do. I'd like to buy a couple of tickets to the circus sponsored and by the state troopers there. I, uh, I I passed the test, and the cop said to me when I got out of the car, he said, you got to stop listening to pe- people yelling at you or something like that and just relax. Because he could tell I was so nervous and that I, I looked like I had been browbeaten while I was learning to park. Do they even do parallel parking anymore? I know they make you find they finally got smart and make you drive on a highway when you take your driver's test now. Because before it was just that little, you know, it was a like 200 yards. You weren't really driving. You were just kind of driving around this obstacle course type thing. Do they make Mm -hmm. you parallel park anymore?
I, I looking and seeing how people drive. And seeing them parallel park, I'm assuming they teach them how not to parallel park because they well, seem to have that down pretty good. When they got their driver's license. Oh, Charlie failed five or six times. And then, Does and then she I'm have like, one Charlie, now? Oh, my God, yeah. Okay. She beat the hell out of that Prius. Oh, my okay. God. Sitting in the car while watching her bash into a pole. I didn't even get out of the car. Didn't even get out to look. Just back up. I'm like, all right. <clears throat> Let's put it in D for drive this time. Dad, I swear, I'm like, you know, if you didn't like look at me like that, I wouldn't be like so nervous. That's true. Like, That's oh what happened to God. me. Oh. I was so scared. My dad <laughs> oh, yeah. balled up his fist and slammed it into the ceiling of the car, the roof of the car, every time he wanted to give me instructions. Break, 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 break. And he pounded it. Into the into the into the up to the top of the car, and then the dome light, the plastic part fell off first, and then the whole contraption broke off and it was hanging there, dangling. I had that for two years, a dangling light there from the dome light. My dad, bang, break, 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 clutch, 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 clutch. <laughs> <was just> like, <laughs> <laughs> signal, don't... signal. I don't blame these Gen Zs. I don't want to learn how to drive anymore either. Me too. Either. Me too. I'm giving horrible. up my license right now. Yeah, I I'm getting know. off the road. You know what, everybody? Get off the road right now. Well, I guess he just had had enough, Sherry. One or two bad reviews, and I guess it's just luck would have it. He happens to run into the, um, to the critic that had written bad things about his... Um, German ballet company. Did he actually seek this person out or just all sort of fell in place? He's walking his dog. He sees the person. He's upset with the person. Or did he actually go and try to find the critic? This was during intermission of a show. Oh. oh. And the critic was attending and she had given mm -hmm. him a bad review calling the ballet boring and disjointed. Mm -hmm. He happened to conveniently have a bag of um, something that his dog had left on the ground. And when he talked to her about the review, he said she became aggressive and arrogant and condescending. And so he yeah. decided, well, I'll show you. And I'll just promptly... open my bag of dog feces and until you're really bad German accent right now. And <laughs> I will smear it on your face. On your face. And he did say, well, my response was certainly not super, but, <laughs> but he said that it was a like-for-like like revenge because she has thrown blank at me for over 20 years. So um, they also found it, uh, the police are investigating, and people were upset because he was, he took a bow at the end of the show. He's not in the ballet. He's sort of the director or whatever he does. So I think he came out on stage, took a bow. People applauded after this not-so-super uh, ordeal. <laughs> he rubbed the dog excrement into my face when I felt he what he had done i screamed i was in a panic when i felt what he had done oh so she didn't realize what he was doing to yeah help. it took her a second <laughs> took her a second i guess she wouldn't think that would be happening what are the chances that you happen to have a, a bag there right you, you you run into the guy in the lobby and you easily got this 
she he must have known she was going to be there. Yeah, he's that's the other thing. A bag of poop. That's the other <laughs> thing. It's like, is that part of his thing? He said he he what he just I, I, the explanation was that you know his dog had he had just walked his dog or something. But it's the it's the intermission of a show that he is at or he is directed. Like when is he when is he mm-hmm. walking his dog? This yeah, okay, yeah he just had he he was prepared for this, premeditated. <laughs> And I don't know oh, how. You think, wow. Well, good one, Colombo. I've, really I've come to the conclusion. <laughs> right. what I don't understand. It's like, well, how come you have a dog poop with yeah. you? And like, one okay, more thing. <laughs> <laughs> Poor woman. How do you ever get that out of your. I mean, that would be the kind of thing that you, no matter how much you wash your face, it's still like two days later, you're like, God, I still smell it. Uh-huh. It'd be in your like olfactory. And that mm-hmm. would be the thing. I don't know how long it took her to figure that out. You'd think the minute that it got close enough to your face, unless it was some sort of a very well insulated bag that she would have noticed <laughs> pretty instantly. Well, this is not going to mm, do well for his a, next. That's not whipped cream. Yeah. This is not going to do well for his next uh, production. You know, can you imagine her going, okay, you know, bygones be bygones. All right, he smeared dog feces in my face. But this is a brilliant, brilliant ballet. He's outdone himself. Put the feces away. You're a genius. Yes, it will It will be a little bit stronger than boring and disjointed this time around. <laughs> I'm looking Poor more guy. details from this story. The Guardian says police are relying on witness accounts. Owing to the fact that uh, Goki uh, disposed of the dog excrement and Hooster cleaned her face immediately afterwards. As if, I, I don't oh. know, <laughs> there's going to be Oh, like D- they both DNA did the right evidence. thing? <laughs> yeah, like what? Because he, he, okay, he disposed of it. He didn't do it No, there's no witnesses to it. She cleaned her face, so there's no evidence, Sherry. <laughs> oh. He didn't have the stuff with him. Otherwise, Only yeah, there'd the be. Only the dog knows. Only the dog knows. we got to find the dog so we can figure out who it was. Yeah, well, thank you, said, Andrew. Exactly. 